Today's bonus episode of the Buttecast is brought to you by Park Street Liquors. If you're looking for it, Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew today. They can assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menu. They can also point you to the finest whiskeys, regional spirits, or the latest RTDs. Park Street Liquors. Call 406-782-6278 or stop by at 133 West Park Street. Make your story legendary. Now, let's get this thing started. Welcome to the Butte Cast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte, America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Sometimes I cannot help but feel bad for children today. Sure, they might have the best video games and they can play with their friends from around the globe all while sitting in their bedroom. My generation had its imagination. That beat the heck out of a video game in my book. I might not have had a motorcycle, but I would run around the neighborhood mine dumps and hold my arms out as if I was riding. I would hit massive jumps and I would pull off great wheelies. That's because in my mind, I was Robbie Knievel. From the day I saw Robbie jump Jack Ferreter's El Camino in the 1979 Fourth of July parade, Robbie was one of my heroes. I followed his career and I was mesmerized by each one of his death-defying jumps. Yeah, I heard of Evil Knievel. Of course I did. And I knew that he was the king of all stuntmen. Still, my favorite was Robbie Knievel. He was as cool as they come. After word broke that Robbie passed away last Friday, I told my son that Robbie died. My son did not know who I was talking about. Oh, he said, is he related to Evil Knievel? Yes, there is only one evil. He did it all first, launching the careers of so many. There might not be such a thing as the X Games without Evil Knievel. But I think that Robbie should be a household name for young and old too, especially right here in the mining city. Today's column is about Robbie. He was 60 years old when he died of pancreatic cancer. In Knievel years, that has to be 130, at least. I could have sworn he would have died much younger, and he could have. He almost did. He could have died jumping the Caesar's Palace Fountains. He could have died jumping between the Jockey Towers, which stand 13 stories above the ground in Las Vegas. He could have died jumping the Grand Canyon. Robbie risked his life to entertain the masses and carry on his father's legacy. He wasn't perfect, and he was far from the ideal role model. Still, Robbie was one of my heroes growing up. It is sad to see the Butte icon pass away at such a young age. But it is nice to know he was not cheated out of one day. On tomorrow's Buttecast, I will have a conversation with Bill Rundle. He worked with Evil and was the crew chief for Robbie for 35 years. But first, here's today's column about one of my childhood heroes, Captain Robbie Knievel. You can read it for yourself at Buttecast.com. Tapper Light on my trike, I was Robbie Knievel. The parade will be hard to beat. It was the 4th of July in 1979, and I was five as I took in the parade on Montana Street in Butte. Like always, my family watched from our spot by the Bonanza Freeze. 
The more than 100 parade entries included the Anaconda Copper Company Extravaganza, Tony the Traitor, the Army Golden Knights Parachute Team, and Parade Marshal Frank Quinn. In the next day's Montana Standard, Rick Foote called the parade, which celebrated Butte's 100th year, Butte's best parade in the decade. An estimated crowd of 52,000 lined the streets on that picture-perfect summer day. The parade was so good that I do not even remember that Evil Knievel rode it in his Formula One dragster. I do, however, remember his son. As Foot pointed out, 17-year-old Robbie Knievel stole the show. I could not believe my eyes as Robbie, dressed in a jumpsuit just like Evil, rode his motorcycle up and down the street. After Robbie made a few passes by us, an El Camino came up, pulling a ramp. The car stopped right in front of me. My eyes nearly popped out of my head as Robbie hit the ramp and flew over the top of the car, landing smoothly on the street. From that day on, if I was on a trike or a bike or running around the neighborhood pretending to hold the handlebars of a motorcycle, I was Robbie Knievel. Nobody on the planet could hold a candle to the coolness of Robbie. You could keep your evil Knievel rocket toys. I had my imagination, and I was Robbie Knievel. The captain passed away last week after a battle with pancreatic cancer. He was 60. I feel like a piece of my childhood died with him. Robbie's coolness never got old. Not for me. About 10 years after that El Camino jump, Robbie jumped the Caesars Palace Fountains, completing the gutsy stunt 22 years after his father nearly died trying to do the same. That jump was the talk of Butte for weeks. It was on pay-per-view television, so we only got to see the highlights of Robbie racing to the ramp before it got cut off on the news. Still, it was one of the coolest things of the decade. Robbie's craziest stunt, at least in my mind, came in 1999. That is when he jumped 130 feet between the two 13-story jockey club towers in Las Vegas. I do not know if Robbie was scared, but the look of sheer terror on the faces of his family in the moments before the jump will stick with me forever. That same year, Robbie jumped the Grand Canyon. Well, he did not jump over the middle of the Grand Canyon. You need an airplane to do that. But the part he jumped was gutsy enough. The funniest jump came in 2004. Robbie cleared a record 10,000 dishes. It was sponsored by Dawn Dish Soap, and it was a record, I assume, because nobody ever thought of jumping that many dishes. His longtime friend Joe Little called to give me details when I was working the sports desk at the Montana Standard. The kid has guts, Joe said, in a major understatement. Later that year, Robbie jumped a military aircraft on top of the USS Intrepid live on TNT. He made the jump to commemorate the premiere of the TNT original movie about his dad. Robbie knew he did not have room to pull off the landing, so he laid the bike down after he touched down and slid into a bunch of haystacks to keep him from tumbling off the side. Before the jump, Robbie took the microphone from legendary TNT sportscaster Craig Sager and answered the questions he wanted to answer. After the jump, Robbie and Sager had a comical tug-of-war with the microphone. The unimpressed Sager won, but not easily. In 2005, Robbie was featured on the reality television series Knievel's Wild Ride. TV crews followed Knievel around the country as he and his team drove from jump to jump. It was wildly entertaining. It was especially entertaining when he made a crack about his father, not realizing The Last Gladiator might actually watch the show. The show, by the way, had great ratings. A&E wanted to do another season. However, as Robbie told family members, he was too big of a pain in the butt and the network opted to cancel after one season. I watched every episode. Several years later, Robbie jumped in front of the Mirage Volcano in Vegas on New Year's Eve. It looked like he was jumping over it, which he would have if they would have let him. After that, I heard some motocross kids laughing at Robbie. They pointed out that he was not jumping on the same bike his dad did. Robbie's was much lighter and had much greater suspension. That is true. 
but until those guys jump over the Grand Canyon, they can stick a sock in it. When they go from tower to tower 13 stories above ground, then they can talk. Robbie Knievel was a daredevil in the truest meaning of the word. He risked his life and health to entertain the masses. I was among those masses, and Robbie never disappointed to entertain me. In 2003, my good friend Matt Vinson married Robbie's little sister, Alicia. I was one of the groomsmen. After a few beers, I mustered up the guts to go up and talk to Robbie. The first thing I did was tell him about that 4th of July parade. I remember that, Robbie said, excited by the memory. That was Farreter's El Camino. He was talking about Jack Farreter, another Butte legend who was pals with evil. Then, Robbie and I talked for a solid hour. He laughed when I told him that I pretended to be him every time I got on my bike. That was a night and a conversation that I will remember forever. We laughed and laughed. We all know Robbie was not a perfect person, and some people were quick to point that out after his passing. He got into some trouble from time to time. It was good to see that he owned up to his problems and he opened up about his fight for sobriety. That could not have been easy to do. It took a different kind of guts. Robbie Knievel was indeed human, and knowing that somehow makes him even more impressive in my book. He did things on a motorcycle that no human should have ever tried. Like his father, Robbie Knievel embodied the spirit of the mining city. While both would have a hard time winning a popularity contest in their hometown, they were always the perfect ambassadors for our rough-and-tumble mining camp. They were Butte America to its core. During Evil Knievel days in 2006, I got to stand up next to the fence right by the ramp as Robbie jumped 180 feet on Park Street. It was not the longest or the most dangerous jump he ever pulled off. Robbie was older and he was getting thick around the waist. Still, being that close to a Knievel jump ranks pretty high in my list of cool things. That day, though, will always take a back seat to the Butte 4th of July parade in 1979. Rick Foote undersold it. It was not the best parade of the decade. It was the best parade of all time. There I was, standing 10 feet away from Jack Ferreter's El Camino as Robbie Knievel sailed over the top. I guess the rest of the parade was probably all right, too. Proud to be from Butte, America, USA. 